Kia ora, welcome to the Coronavirus Podcast. My name is Joff Winsor from North Canterbury and I'm getting ready to take my wife to the hospital so um, she can give birth to our third child. So yeah, what better time to be having babies, I suppose. Um, I'll be spending the rest of my time focusing on the community and looking for ways in which I can build our community and um, see if we can support any elderly or um, high-risk patients with um, trips to the grocery store or anything that they might need help with where we can help. I encourage all of you to do the same. It will be good for us. Ciao. I'm not sure how many people will be able to beat that intro. Although, if anyone thinks they can, download the RNZ Vox Pop app and send us a message. You can also ask a question for the show and we'll do our best to get it answered. Joff, we wish you and your wife all the best as she prepares to give birth while the nation locks down. So this is it, day one of Alert Level 4. I have one simple message for New Zealanders today as we head into the next four weeks. Stay at home. It will break the chain of transmission and it will save lives. If people do not stay at home, other than to go to the supermarket or the GP or to get some fresh air close to your home, then you risk both spreading the virus to others and you risk getting it yourself. Breaking the rules could kill someone close to you. And that is why it is so important. I cannot repeat this enough. Staying at home will save lives. That was Prime Minister Jacinda Ardern at a press conference yesterday afternoon. Now, we've been flooded with messages from people asking about different scenarios and strategies for what they're allowed to do outside their home. People asking if they can take their kids to the playground or go rock climbing or kick around a ball at a park or let their kid go to visit their girlfriend once in a while. Well, the Prime Minister had one stark answer for those kinds of questions. The starting point is stay home. Act like you've got COVID-19. Think about the impact you'll have on others if you go out unnecessarily. Now, a walk around the block... You know, I I accept that that's part of making sure people can sustain themselves through this. But don't think about congregating with anyone else. Don't think about a lunch or a catch-up or visiting a friend in their home. Pretend you have COVID-19 at all times, and that will fundamentally change the way we all behave. It's a tough message, but these are tough times for all of us. Yesterday, the Director-General of Health announced 50 new cases of COVID-19, taking the total to 205. And the Prime Minister said those numbers will not stop rising anytime soon. The benefit of what we do today won't be felt for many days to come. Expect our numbers to keep rising because they will. In fact, modelling suggests we could have several thousand cases before we see the measures we're taking today having an impact. But over time, we will see change if we all stick to the rules. Director-General Ashley Bloomfield reinforced that message. We will continue to see a rise in cases for at least 10 days. That is because the infections we are finding today and over the coming week to 10 days 
are people who have been infected before today. So the numbers will continue to increase before they turn around. That turnaround will happen if all New Zealanders do what is being asked of them. That is, to stay at home, to break the chain and save lives. And to put some teeth behind that message, yesterday the government declared a state of emergency, giving civil defence controllers extra powers to enforce social distancing and maintain critical services. Civil Defence Chief Sarah Stewart-Black said they could even call on the Defence Force for help if needed, but she's confident the vast majority of Kiwis will follow the rules. We're just talking about hanging out at home, you know, and you've still got a TV and you've still got access to the water out of the tap and you've got the things in your cupboard, that actually we can just work through this step by step. And I think there's a reassurance here that, yes, those powers are there if we need them, but for most New Zealanders, they're going to stay at home because that's the safest place to be. And if I can make the point that over recent years, and I think you've all seen me on this stage probably too many times, we have had a range of emergencies where New Zealanders have listened to that advice and taken the right action to keep themselves and their families safe. And whilst this might be the first time we're talking about it in a, in a, a pandemic, we've seen it through earthquakes and tsunami risk and fires and the mosque shootings, this is another challenge for us, but what we're doing is trying to provide the right information so that people can take that action to keep themselves and their families safe. We can do this. In fact, later on in this episode, I'm going to chat with a woman who dealt with social isolation for years, and she's got some amazing advice on how to deal with this new normal. For her, this lockdown has been her lived experience. But first, Here's some of the latest news. As well as enacting a national emergency, the government also met one last time yesterday afternoon to pass three bills in less than four hours. It's legislation needed to help this country fight coronavirus as we go into lockdown. Part of the legislation includes freezing rent rises for six months and stopping almost all evictions for three months. That kicks in today. Finance Minister Grant Robertson had earlier only indicated a rent freeze and an end to no-cause terminations. But the bill passed yesterday goes significantly further with more protections for renters. So if you're a renter, it's worth checking that out. The changes will ensure that families will be able to stay home during a time which may be financially challenging for many. There were also new announcements about employment. The Ministry of Business, Innovation and Employment has clarified that workers cannot be forced to take leave during the isolation period unless they are actually sick. This applies to both sick leave and annual leave. The Ministry also encouraged employees to get in touch with them or with the Ministry of Social Development if they believe wage subsidies are not being passed along to workers. For many people, navigating their employment right now is going to be a tough situation. We've heard from people who've been told that unless they take annual leave, there will have to be redundancies, which obviously puts everyone in a tricky situation. Many people have already lost their jobs or have had their hours reduced. Finally, Jacinda Ardern says as many as 10,000 Kiwis might be arriving home from overseas over the next few weeks, 
but many of them will need to stay where they are as airlines around the world shut down their flights. But those that do arrive will be facing much stronger restrictions. Every New Zealander coming through our borders will be screened. If they are symptomatic, they will be tested and they will be put in an isolation in an improved facility. If they are not symptomatic, but they have no plan or ability to self-isolate, they will also be placed in approved facility. If they live in a city outside of the one in which they have landed and have no ability to transport themselves home whilst maintaining isolation, they will also be placed in an approved facility. Those who are recent arrivals who do have an appropriate self-isolation plan will be checked on by police in the days that follow. If they are not following requirements, they will be fined and they will be quarantined. We do need to be strict, but we also need to be compassionate. We're all going to go through this differently. For some of you, that's going to mean overcoming the challenges of working from home, trying to keep your kids busy while you're on a video conference and figuring out why your microphone won't work. For others, it'll mean going to work at a supermarket or a hospital or going out into the streets as a police officer, potentially putting yourself and your family at increased risk of infection. But for a lot of us, it's going to mean serious hardship, losing jobs, losing businesses, missing out on weddings and birthdays and funerals. It's going to mean significant sacrifice. But remember, we are doing this to save lives. Hundreds, thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of lives. Your sacrifice now may give so many others more time to live. And actually, that's one of the biggest acts of kindness that anyone can give. So as we all go into a period of social isolation, we thought we'd turn to an expert for some advice. Her name is Kate Montgomery. So I have an autoimmune disease called Crohn's disease. Um, it is also an inflammatory bowel disease. And uh, at its worst, I've had it for about 15 years, and at its worst, I spent about four years bedridden, um, trying not to have surgery and then ending up having surgery and things like that. So um, I've definitely had a lot of practice at being housebound. And can you give us some tips in terms of managing your own personal mental health if you're on lockdown in your home? One of the biggest is keep a schedule. Um, and you don't have to like get super involved or be this superhuman person who's productive at all times. I don't mean like that. I mean get up at a regular time, make sure you're showering every day, get out of your pajamas and into proper clothes. Proper clothes can be active wear. Just don't stay in the same clothes all day. Try and eat meals at regular times. Like The things that you would do when you're at work, do those sorts of things to at least give your brain little things to connect to know that is coming like that's quite soothing as well when there's so much anxiety well I'm really glad you said active wear because that that'll be a relief to a few a lot of us women especially mums but in yeah. terms of physical activities that maybe you can use for balance do you, do you have any advice 
I mean, the Prime Minister says we can go out for a walk, but that's it, stay away from people. Do you have any advice about even going for a walk or things like that? More than necessarily going for a walk, which is obviously a great idea and I would encourage that, but making sure that you go outside, even if it's standing in your doorway or opening a window and getting fresh air, getting some light that doesn't come from an LED, like even if it's raining, put on a raincoat and go for a walk. Like getting outside, I think, and breathing fresh air is key. Um, and then, I mean, I'm a yoga teacher, so I have a bias towards doing yoga at home, obviously. And it's something <laughs> that kept me going. I mean, I was, my routine back then was stretching in bed or on the floor or in my hospital bed. Um, and now it's obviously much more active. But there is so much free content on YouTube. Um, there's lots of people putting out really cool stuff. I mean, like you mentioned mums and I saw, um, there's a British guy called the body coach who's doing PE lessons. So parents and kids can kind of get active together during the day. But even put on your favorite music and dance around your room for a few. I mean, I would also do that, but it was more like a sitting down dance party when I was sick. and, And as I got better, it was more active, but just, movement is so good for your brain, so good for your anxiety. Um, Like I've seen so many posts about putting on weight in isolation. Like who cares if maybe you do or you need the occasional comfort meal in a time like this. Exercise is so important for your mental health and your physical health, obviously. But it's the thing that stops you being in a funk. And even if you don't feel like doing it, I would recommend still just kind of like making yourself having a hard line with yourself and and doing something. Those are such uh, helpful tips, Kate. In terms of staying in lockdown in your house for a really long period of time, out of all those things that you mentioned, what would you say was the most helpful things that help people to stay encouraged? I would say connection is a really great thing. Obviously, um, when I was sick, and even in periods where I've, still being somewhat active and not entirely bedridden connection with people is really helpful and some days I didn't have the wherewithal for friends to even come visit and we would FaceTime or Skype I'd massively recommend that staying in touch with people especially if you don't have a huge amount of people in your household with you the other thing that I found really helpful was breathing exercises or meditation um And either, for some people, the idea of meditation seems a bit woo versus if you say breathing exercises and there's one called box breathing, which you can Google, which Navy SEALs do. A lot of my male yoga students are way more into, I'll do box breathing, you know, (laughs) but I'll do what the Navy SEALs do. And it's like, whatever works, do it because that thing of being at home and stuck and you've got cabin fever and whatever and it works up and works up and works up and you realize you haven't taken a proper breath and you just even in that moment if you can stop inhale or whatever but if you're regularly making appointments with yourself to stop and breathe and do a breathing exercise or do a meditation that helps you down regulate everything so when you're getting a bit scratchy, you're 
sick of everyone in your household, you're having another conversation about who ate whatever food that was there or, you know, all that sort of stuff and you've been cooped up inside. Like, I get it. I've had all those experiences. Being able to just go, okay, I'm going to sit by myself. I'm just going to concentrate on my breath. It is really helpful. Um, and there's a reason people like me who teach this stuff preach it. And I feel really um, qualified to preach it because it is something that helped. I mean, I was, it was four years being bedridden. And it is something that, that helped me time and time and time again. Um, and a breathing exercise particularly where you're concentrating on counting the breath or noticing a particular thing and you have a focal point for your brain – I quite often found that more helpful versus just trying to meditate. Now, after having some time out to yourself and doing some meditation, which you say is really helpful, do you have any tips on managing interpersonal relationships in your home, for example, with your significant other, your flatmates? Yes, I do. Um, I actually saw a tweet that I just loved and thought would be really helpful um, about a woman and her husband had decided that they had a um, co-worker called, I think they called her Cheryl. They just invented her. And she was the person <laughs> to blame for who'd left the cups out or who hadn't done, oh, Cheryl's, you know, been really messy today. Or and I think any situation that you can bring humor to is great. And just acknowledging that this is really weird and not, fun and scary and all of that stuff and that it's going to be slightly difficult I think if you pretend that it's all going to be fine or you should somehow be okay with suddenly getting along with all the people you're stuck at home with 24 7 that's a recipe for disaster whereas if you're like yeah this isn't going to be great I'm going to try and get as much alone time as I can but also remembering that we're all stuck in this position and it's not fun for any of us and just trying to have a little bit of empathy. And I would definitely say on communication, um, I used to work in communications and I, I had a mentor who said, if you communicate something to someone and they don't get it, that's on you. And I have always tried to remember that. So when you're saying to someone that you have a problem or you're asking them to not do something or act in a different way or whatever, it's up to you to phrase it or rephrase it as much as possible, nicely, kindly, and make sure that they understand versus just assuming that when you say, can you do this or can you do that or this is annoying or whatever else, that what you're assuming in your head that they understand, making sure they actually do. Uh, that's a good reminder too for some of our listeners, for all of us actually. You know, no one's going to blame you if you make up an imaginary person living in your home to help you cope with getting through the lockdown. Um, now, you've been quite active on social media. Have you been surprised by how positive people are being in the middle of this pandemic? I've seen a little bit of stuff that has disappointed me, you know, groups of, of people who are out not social distancing. I mean, this was obviously before the news of the lockdown, but but generally the way people are rallying, how they're trying to help people, um, all the really lovely notes on social media I've seen posted about um, people who went to offer help to their neighbours or just randomly saying, you know, my 
DMs are open if you're not coping. That has been really, really amazing. I'm, I'm so impressed with how Kiwis have just kind of gone, well, this isn't ideal, but we're going to make it work, which is quite a Kiwi attitude, I think. What's the key thing you would like to remind uh, Kiwis of during this time? I mean, we're expecting it to be four weeks, but it could be longer. What's something they should always keep in mind? That carbohydrates are not the <laughs> only source of fuel available to your body. Um, and I'm not saying don't comfort yourself with the occasional meal or t- stop eating chocolate or stop having a glass of wine. I'm not saying that. But um, in my experience, if you eat only the treat foods that make you feel crappy and you ignore vegetables entirely, you will feel rubbish and it will make this whole experience so much harder to handle. Sorry to everyone, but I've I've truly experimented on myself as an N one for a long time and I'm very sad to report that cabin fever is not solved by junk food. I wish it was. <laughs> Well, that's expert advice. Thanks so much, Kate. I really do appreciate it. Uh, Really do appreciate your time too. And appreciate you sharing your wisdom. You are so welcome. And thanks to all of you for listening. Be strong. Be kind. Stay home. Break the chain. Kia kaha. The Coronavirus Podcast is presented by me and Dara Stewart. It's produced by William Ray, Jesse Chang and Sonia Sly. Our sound engineer is Adrian Holley and the executive producer is Tim Watkin. You can subscribe to the Coronavirus Podcast anywhere and it's free. Just go to the podcasts and series page at rnz.co.nz. And if you want to ask us a question or read our intro or even just drop in with a message of support for your fellow Kiwis, You can do that through RNZ's Vox Pop app. It's totally free and it's easy to use. Music